Welcome to the People Powered Business Podcast. I'm your host, Christy Lee Billet. If you employ staff, engage contractors, or rely on people to help deliver your products or services, you're in the right place. Join us each week as we dive in to uncover what makes people tick, learn the best strategies and tactics to build an amazing team, and most importantly, discover how you, the business owner or leader, can unleash the power of your people to help create the successful business you deserve. Let's get started. Hey there, Christy Lee here and welcome to episode number 101 of the People Powered Business Podcast. How has your week been? At the time of recording, we are in the fairly early part of 2022 and um, heading about midway through the first quarter, I guess. I'm finding that people are starting to um, only just hit their stride this year. It's been a funny old start to the year. People have just been a little bit slow to get going. And of course, we're facing situations where we are starting to see more and more people return to work who have been working at home throughout uh, the old pandemic and um, more bosses are expecting people back in the workplace. And I'm just watching with interest what that is starting to look like. And one thing I've been reading a fair bit about is employees who are feeling a little anxious about this um, because they've been having some struggles with maybe the culture of their workplace or someone in their workplace. And whilst they've been working from home, they've been able to get on with their job and do great work without having to deal with that other stuff, you know. And they're feeling a little anxious about now being confronted with this or possibly being confronted with this and are not really sure how to deal with it. So I thought on today's episode, it was high time that we had a little conversation about conflict. Because here's the thing, so many of us, myself included, are conflict avoiders. If you're guilty of that, please don't feel ashamed or embarrassed or, you know, nervous to admit that because I think it's human nature that most of us don't love conflict. There are a select few who really thrive on conflict and love it. Um, but most of us like to avoid conflict. We don't love being in conflict. We don't like causing conflict and we really don't like dealing with conflict. And we tend to avoid situations where conflict may exist or we, where we may create conflict or where we know that we're going to be forced to deal with it. But if you've managed staff for any length of time and you've had your business for, again, any length of time, you will know that conflict is part and parcel of being in business, of leading and really, for most of our careers, is part and parcel of what we do. And in fact, there's a great quote from Dorothy Thomas that says, peace is not the absence of conflict, but the ability to cope with it. So avoiding conflict is not the answer. And we can still have calm and peace with conflict, provided that we know how to deal with it and cope with it. And like I mentioned, it's a reality of having a business and of leading people and having a team. And so today I thought we'd have a little conversation about conflict, really unpack what it is, how it shows up in our workplace, but most importantly, how to navigate it. Because conflict actually can be a good thing. And I know that might make some of you cringe and think, nah, <laughs> no, it's not. There's nothing good about conflict. And it is sometimes uncomfortable and it can be quite you know, sometimes intimidating or something we find really hard to deal with, 
But conflict is actually not all bad. Some really great things can come out of a conflict existing and by us exploring what that conflict looks like. So I think it's a great conversation to have because with more and more people returning to in-person work, the shift is going to move to having to deal with people socially again, which for some of us has been a while since we've done that. Also for people to have to possibly deal with other work colleagues that they have have enjoyed avoiding <laughs> for the last couple of years. There's no longer going to be an option. So we really are going to have to get good at dealing with conflict. And look, my particular opinion on this, and this is just an opinion based on observation, is I think we might even see a little more conflict than we did pre-COVID. Because pre-COVID, well, firstly, we were skilled, we were polished, we were practiced in dealing with this. But also we had no other choice. And when we suddenly could all work from home, in fact, all had to work from home, we realized there was another way. And that was kind of comfy for most of us. It was comfy that we just didn't have to deal with those things. So we're, we're out of practice. And also our tolerance for it may have changed is my best guess. So we may see a little more conflict because people are needing to work together again in different ways. And with everyone returning to work, we might see it just rear its head a little more. So we need to be prepared, right, as leaders to navigate, to deal with it, to help our team deal with it, and to make sure that we use it for good and not evil in our business. So when we're talking about conflict, what is it that we actually mean? And I I was looking at definitions of conflict in preparing for this episode, and you know what? I really didn't like the negative connotation that some definitions placed around conflict, they were talking about, you know, really quite severe disagreements, arguments, raised voices, tempers, prolonged disagreements. And I think that kind of conflict is negative and it's not great for our business. It's not great for us. It's not great for our people. But conflict doesn't have to be that extreme. Put simply, conflict turns up and shows its head whenever People, individuals, have different opinions or different values. They have different interests or different needs. And the conflict itself arises when they aren't able to find a way through. They either can't find the middle ground or can't find a way to navigate out of it themselves. And that's when we do see the conflict heighten a little. And they butt heads. That's what it might look like. They might look like they're not talking to each other. You may see those subtle signs like eye rolls and sighs and avoidance. All sorts of little subtle characteristics can show up when people are in conflict and can't find a way to navigate through that conflict. But here's the thing. There's another great quote, and I could not for the life of me locate who said this, but I really, really like it. 10% of conflict is due to a difference of opinion and 90% is due to delivery and tone of voice. And I see this show up all the time. It's not so much what we say, it's how we say it that matters. And when you've got two team members in conflict, I guarantee most of it is not about what's being said or what the actual opinion is, or what the actual standpoint is. Most of it's about how you're communicating or how your team member is communicating what they're trying to say. It's the way they're saying it, not what they're saying, that 
is emotive and heightens emotions from the other people involved. And then people get their guard up and they get defensive and then they start to be emotional. And this is when we see conflict explode in a more negative way at work. But it doesn't have to get that far. We can navigate it in a much more calm, sensible, proactive and productive way. So when conflict does arise, let's think about how it shows up, what types of conflict we might be dealing with at work. There are a few different types of conflict that you're going to be seeing, and they really kind of, to me, all fall back to one type of conflict. But let's unpack. You're going to have conflicts about how we do things, tasks. So how we're going to get it done, the methods, the approach, the order in which we're going to do things, possibly deadlines and those kind of things. There'll be conflicts that will arise, particularly when teams are collaborating and doing work together, about task-based conflict. And you see this both in teams who are working on the same project and also multi-departmental teams where the factory has one very clear viewpoint about how likely it is that that is going to be achieved in that time frame, and the scheduling team have a very different viewpoint because they can't schedule that based on that you know factory timeline. Those kind of conflicts come up and that is about operational task-based conflict. And that conflict to me is a little easier to deal with and navigate because once you lay it all out on the table and you remember the common good, i.e. we're trying to get this done for the customer in the best time frame we can at the highest quality we can, then everyone can come on board and say, well, if we did this, then you could do that. We can work it through, particularly when you've got someone that can see that bigger picture, whether that's you or someone on your team and can help navigate everyone else through to how we're going to get there and deliver that goods, that piece of, you know, whatever it is to the customer on time. So there's that task-based conflict. Then we've got status-based conflict. Now, status-based conflict is really about our own perception of where we stand in the hierarchy. So it's not so much about we have conflict because we we don't like our manager. That's relationship conflict, and I'll touch on that in a moment. This is about the fact that we feel like we're more important than someone else and therefore get angry or conflicted or upset that they may be standing their ground or giving us direction. Now, this in itself is not a major issue. It's For me, it's the byproduct behavior that we see as a result of this that can be problematic. So you'll see people get very competitive to try and one-up the person that they've got this status-related conflict with. Um, You'll see gossip, undermining, making, you know, really trying to make it hard for the person to achieve in their role. Those little nuances, those tiny details, those quite behind the scenes behaviors that sometimes are very difficult to spot are what we often see when we're dealing with status-based conflict. And then to me, we have the big kahuna of them all and really the one that underlies major workplace conflict in my view, and that is relationship conflict. This is when we don't get along. (laughs) with our teammates or our manager or our staff. In fact, I've been chatting to other business owners and particularly leaders within larger organizations. This can be really present when they don't get to choose their team because they're, in their words, lumped with people who they don't like, who they don't have the same values as, who they are frustrated by, annoyed by, and have to deal with. So this can chop in a a whole range of different scenarios and ways. And and I do think it's the toughest because it is about values. It's about behaviors. It's trickier to deal with. And you know what? 
I think it underpins all other workplace conflict because I think you have less task-based conflict when there's no relational or relationship-based conflict involved because when there's no personality issues to deal with and we're all on the same page, we can be sensible and make decisions around how we can get this done. We can talk it out, so to speak. Where when a task-based conflict is underpinned by some also relationship-based conflict, that becomes much harder because people dig their heels in, they don't want to see the other person's point of view. You know how it goes. You've seen it before. So no matter what type of conflict you're dealing with, how do you approach it so that you can make the conflict a positive, not a negative, and also to what's the word I'm looking for? To really tone it down so it's not causing problems and there is a way to navigate through it. There's a few different recommendations I've got for you. One of my favorite, favorite things at the moment is to get curious. And you would have heard me talk in the podcast before about curiosity. I just think it's one of the most valuable things that we can tap into and lean into as business owners, as leaders, or whatever we're doing. Really, curiosity is just cool. If we get curious, our brains get opened. We are open to new ideas. We are open to understanding, you know, what someone else is thinking or why they feel that way or why they're coming at it from this direction. But if we're not curious, our brain is shut off and we're not listening and we're not hearing and we're not understanding and we're not open. So I think you have to start by being truly curious, not surface level curious, actually intentionally curious. Because when that happens, you're going to understand things better. You're going to be open. So getting curious, I think is key. You'll ask better questions. You'll get better answers. You'll get to the bottom of it faster. And by getting curious, the next thing we're doing is understanding how others are feeling. And also, this is key, understanding how our communication, our behavior, our tone is impacting others. A great example of this is when you're dealing with an introvert and an extrovert. This is just base level stuff, but if you've got an introvert and an extrovert, and the extrovert is naturally very open to speaking their mind, able to communicate, you know, at the drop of a hat, doesn't need to think through, your introvert's not going to be like that. So if there's an introvert and an extrovert in a conflict situation, your introvert may have very strong opinions, but is much less likely to voice them. And not only that, may in fact be quite intimidated by the approach the extrovert is taking. Not that the extrovert is at all intentionally doing that or meaning to intimidate or being a bully at all, but this is how it is received from an introvert. When you can sit down together and get curious about that, and create space for that introvert to say, actually, when you talk over the top of me or when you're quite loud or when you stand up when we're sitting at a meeting table, I feel intimidated and I can't say what I need to say. An extrovert will understand that and will be able to tailor their behavior. And conversely, you know, the extrovert might say to the introvert, I get really frustrated that you don't give me your opinion. How can we work through that? So that's a really base level example of how we can see how the way we communicate, that tone of voice, the delivery of what we're trying to say is impacting others. I think always try and find some common ground within the situation you're dealing with. So if this, that, that may not be solving the entire problem, but here's what we do agree on. Here's the bit we are on the same page. Here's where we both agree that this is how we're going to approach it. 
find some common ground because the more common ground you can find, the more common ground will start to exist. People will start from there and then find more and more common ground. And you'll be able to diffuse that level of disagreement or conflict by starting from the place of finding common ground. And look, one of my all-time favorite is be solutions focused. And this is where you really need to talk to your team about being solutions focused. Don't come to me with problems, come to me with solutions. So if I was meeting with a team that there was some conflict going on and we were trying to navigate it and work through it, I would tell them, come to the meeting with at least three different solutions to part of this problem. You must come to the meeting with three different solutions to any part of the problem. Now that, you know, they could all come with all different parts of the solutions, but coming with some solutions because then you can explore those solutions. They might not be the exact one, but more people coming with solutions mean more creative ideas are explored and more potential for resolving the conflict can happen. And one of the things I think we find hardest, but we absolutely must do as leaders, is set the boundaries and uphold them. If this is where we've come to and this is what we've agreed on and this is how we're going to do things, set those boundaries and do not let them be crossed because then we're back in conflict again because you've let it happen. So setting the boundaries. And I really love to finish up a conversation like this with a recap of the solution. So everyone is really clear we're on the same page and recap it from there. Conflict is not fun. I get it. I don't like it. I really don't. I'm better at navigating it and dealing with it than I used to be, but it is something you do need to practice. And if you feel uncomfortable, that's okay. That's actually A-O-K-A. You don't have to feel comfortable navigating conflict, but you will get more comfortable the more you do it, okay? So what are our benefits of conflict? Why is conflict actually good at work? Really well-handled conflict, conflict that involves fleshing out different opinions and ideas and avenues and options, creates new ideas and ways of working. It pushes our team. They will do more. They will create more. They will come up with new ideas and they'll develop new skills. It generates creativity and it really builds engagement in the team if it's handled properly, if it is handled properly. A team with no conflict actually is going to stay stagnant. And that's okay for a period of time, but there'll come a point where there's no growth, there's no opportunities, there's no development, there's no new things in the pipeline because no one's pushed the boundaries and said, actually, I don't think we should do it this way. So next time you are faced with the conflict in your workplace, treat it as an opportunity, an opportunity to learn for everyone, to grow, to challenge, to communicate better, and to who knows what you create out of it. But I think if we look at it as an opportunity rather than something we would rather run a mile (laughs) from, I think we could all create better businesses, better teams, and ultimately do what it is that we love being in business to do a whole lot better. So put that curiosity lens on, create opportunity, and get okay with being uncomfortable as you start to navigate conflict at work. I do hope you've enjoyed that conversation about conflict because I think it's a reality that we all have to deal with, and I think we're all a little rusty (laughs) on our conflict resolution skills. So 
do join us over in our Facebook group. It's called HR Support for Australian Businesses. It's full of like-minded business owners, leaders and managers to connect and discuss. Head over and join us. You'll find it at HR Support for Australian Businesses in Facebook groups. And if you're dealing with conflict at work, put a comment, let us know, let us know what you're dealing with, how you're navigating it, what you need support with, or what your wins have been. We would love to hear from you. And if you want the link, rather than searching Facebook, just head over to peopleposeredbusiness.com, click on episode number 101, and the link will be right there in the show notes for you. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's been great to be here with you on the podcast, and I'll be back again next week with our next episode. Have a fabulous week. 